0: Okay, what's up everybody? Drew here, ThatAnxietyGuy.com. Back for another yep. podcast episode. Yep. Sitting next to me, as in the last two episodes, my buddy Joe right. Ryan.
1: Hey, Drew. What
0: up, dude? So, we're sitting in the conference room again in the echo chamber. And we're also streaming live on Joe's Instagram. And we're live in my Facebook group. And we're recording on another phone. So
1: That's a hell of a lot of cameras. we got a lot of technology
0: <laughs> here. And we are just not afraid to use it. So, so there you go. Um, today, I want to talk about... What what they they came up the other day when you said like suddenly oh I don't know what to do I'm not feeling I'm not feeling badly what do I do with that
1: Yeah that's just an empty space I'm not used to it Um, it was weird and I know that's come up it's come up in the group the Facebook group
0: quite a few times people will say like I wake up and I'm not sure what to do because I don't feel anxiety and I'm looking for it they're not quite sure what to do (sighs) Are you relating right now
1: Completely I just especially the past week it just kind of hit me where I've just been doing so much work. That I found this space in me where there's not pain or discomfort or anxiety or panic or anything. And I really don't know what to do with it. It's new. I started thinking like, what if, what about people? I mean, do people walk around not feeling anxious all the time? What happens if they like that and all of a sudden they get the anxiety? (laughs) It must hit them like, oh my God, what is this? It's in reverse for me. Right. All of a sudden I woke up with all this emotional space. And I was kind of dumbfounded. It's like, okay, I can't write. I can't, I got no pain going on. Yeah. What do I do? Okay, I could see that being a thing for sure. And I've heard people say that a lot.
0: Like, I don't know what to do with this. And two things come up. Like, after so much time of being so keenly aware of how they feel all the time, right. suddenly they're keenly aware that they are not anxious or they're not sad or they're not feeling depressed, whatever the change happens to be. Yeah. And what immediately starts coming in is why not? First of all, why not? Second of all, is this a good feeling or not? Because I don't know anymore. And number three, what people really come out with is, uh, yeah, but they're looking for it to come back. Like, this can't be right. It's going to slam me any second, and now I'm going to be screwed.
1: Right. For me, it was all, I don't know how long I was experienced not having the anxiety. Right. But all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God. And I went right up into my head. And then I started to think about it. I started to analyze it. I started to figure out, you know, well, how did I get here? Why is it not here? Is it coming back? What if it comes back? Like, like, and I was like, shut up. Stop talking to yourself. Yeah. And now it's just, uh, you're just trying to, f- I don't know. I don't know. It's so new. Yeah. I'm not really sure. It's just trying to be, it's just something that was, has been there since as long as I can remember. And then it was gone and I didn't really know how to react to it. Okay. But now it's just kind of like, all right, I have this space. Let's just smile a little and enjoy the fact that it's finally here.
0: Right. So are you worried at all that like any, they could come rolling back in at any moment? Or
1: I don't feel like I'm worried about it. I feel that I know it's going to rise and fall. Okay. The, the feelings are going to come. They're going to go. They're going to come. They're going to go. They're just not as extreme as they were. And worrying about it is just you causing it to come back. Yes, So, you know, I went out and played handball with my kid yesterday. Yeah. Uh, my daughter and I, we ended up watching a, sh- a new show together and just really enjoyed the entire day. I'm yeah. emotionally drained, I think, from going through what I went through a couple of days ago. Right. But it's a nice right. feeling, and I hope it stays, and I'm smiling today.
0: It's good. So, I know that a lot of times people get, again, they get nervous because they don't know what to do with it. So, some, especially after working on it for so yeah. long, another thing that comes up all the time is... Well, now what do I do? Like, if I don't have to work on how I feel, what do I do now?
1: Right. Like, I I haven't been... I write all the time. This is the first time in my life I haven't been able to write because I write out of pain. And it's almost like, where did my identity go this week? Okay. I don't know what to do with myself. Like, it would be like in between... Just life. I would be like, let me go write, let me work this out, let me get to the next level and feel better. And then I'm sitting there, I got pen in hand, and there's just a blank sheet. And I'm like, was this my identity? Just just being in pain? So I think for me, it feels like now it's a transformation where it's kind of like, I feel like I lost a good friend in me with the writing. And I feel like I'm grieving that loss, and it's a shift where... I feel like the writing's going to become a little different than what it was. I'm just not used to this space. It's kind of like leaving a little bit of the old behind. Okay. And stepping into the new, but I have one foot on this side. I got one foot on this side. I'm kind of in limbo in the middle. So is it a
0: scary thing? Like, well, what do I do now? Like, what I find people are confronted with things like, I've been dealing with this for so long, I don't even know what to do now. I don't know what to like. I don't know... What, what things I want to engage in?
1: What can I do now, now that I feel good? It's, I used to fear it more when it came sporadically here or there. I think this time I'm not feeling it. It's just committing to something. I'm worried about it coming back after I commit to something. So if you have panic and you have anxiety, when you make a commitment to go do something okay. and you're feeling good about it, the thought is always, well, what if I get hit while, with anxiety while I'm doing this? Right, makes sense. And now it's trying to retrain my brain to go, it's not going to come. Just enjoy the ride. Go wherever you go and do whatever you're going to do. If it comes, you'll deal with it then. But don't worry about it now and kill the rest of your day.
0: Yeah, which makes perfect sense.
1: So it's just, I don't fear it right now. I think I used to more, but mm-hmm. this time it feels more genuine and it's lasted longer than it ever has. I think
0: one of the things that people wind up getting, you know, what a part of overcoming this, and by the way, the magic of technology.
1: What's well, say. I joined it on the
0: Mac, so I'm actually watching the, us, but it's cool because I can read comments. So, right,
1: and there's a huge, huge delay. Yes, yeah, I was saying that about a minute ago.
0: There's a giant delay, and I had to mute the thing, but I would say, and it's super hot in this conference room all of a sudden because of the, the uh, sun, but what I'm thinking is if you're watching on Facebook right now, you're in the group, and you actually want to ask a question, I can see the question now. So if you want to ask a question as we're recording, we can definitely answer it, so I'll watch for that. But one of the things we spend so much time, I think one of the core components of getting over the anxiety thing, you know, anxiety, panic, agoraphobia, is learning not to constantly scan for how you feel. Right. So I I think part of what makes it a little bit of a freak out moment when suddenly you feel like, oh, I'm not feeling anything, is it's because you're constantly scanning for how you feel. When I don't feel anything, I just don't, I'm just neutral, but I'm not thinking that I'm not thinking I'm anything. It's just a new feeling.
1: To right. not have it there, and a little time goes on, whether it's five minutes or an hour and a half or three hours. But at some point, it's almost like where to go. Okay, like it's I'm just not used to it not being there. Right, and trying not to go into my head and think about it, and then just cause it to come back. Yes. Where it's just like okay, it's just not here. Let's let's enjoy the fact that it's not here, and just be and not think.
0: Yeah, that makes some sort of sense. That makes a lot of sense, and so. It's where is it? And I saw like somebody, I see Beth in the group said, yeah, if it's not here, I'm looking for it. And I've heard it described as an empty feeling. Like all of a sudden I feel empty. What's that?
1: There is, it is an empty feeling. It's, you're, I'm so filled with angst or anxiety or just bad feelings that when it's gone, I feel like I'm like three pounds instead of 300 pounds. Okay. And there's. It's almost like you just, you. I hate to say it this way, but like you lost an old friend. Like that, it's my, that, that has been there my whole life and then all of a sudden it's gone. Right. So it's kind of like, it's like a loss. It's a good loss. But like any loss, I think it just takes time to get used to it. And if I keep doing what I'm doing the way I'm doing it, right. I'm going to get longer stretches without it where that's going to hopefully become the norm. Mm-hmm. And then when anxiety does show up, that won't be the norm anymore and it'll just be easier to deal with
0: it will be easy to deal with so one of the things that came up today in the group uh, it was asked you know i'm somebody said i'm doing better you know I'm, I'm out i'm much better than i used to be say in january but he's got that thing where it's like well what if it comes back and what if it comes not only what if it comes back what if it comes back and it knocks me all the way back to the beginning and my assertion there is It will never knock you back to the beginning because you're not the same Joe that you were six months
1: ago. Right. I don't think it'll ever knock you back to the beginning, but it is a fear. I mean, I had – I think I was talking about it last time. It was about seven, eight years ago. I had so much loss in such a short period of time that it was crippling. It was just – it was paralyzing, and it took me a long time to get past it. And one of my fears is to get to that point again where I I have trouble functioning on a normal, everyday basis – I had something on Sunday where I had to sit with the original pain. It was 4 hours. I just felt everything that I had ne- that I needed to feel and I was exhausted. But after it was over, it didn't take me to that point. I don't think I think as you come up and as you grow and as you deal with your trauma and your past and your anxiety, you don't realize you are building these skills and you're building a better foundation that the foundation just keeps building higher and higher that you never fall below that to the point where you used to be. Right. At least that's been my experience.
0: And I think that's actually true because you are literally a different person now than you were. Yeah. Every, every experience, every time you row through the anxiety, every time you row through the pain, it adds, it's cumulative, and you just, you become more resilient. You learn that you're okay, even though you felt terrible. So even if it does come back, that fear of like, well, I don't, have, I don't feel anymore. And oh my God, what if it comes back and ruins this? I don't think it's, you know, yeah my, and it might come back. You have to be okay with the fact that it might come back. I think, the th-
1: I think the thought of it coming back does ruin it.
0: Oh, so interesting.
1: Because if you're just sailing along and you have that, and it is an emptiness, there is a void. It's a great void, but right. when you've never had that emptiness and that void, yep. anything new is a little scary at first. But once you start thinking about it, is it going to come back? How's it going to come back? When's it going to come back? How hard is it going to hit me? you've just completely taken yourself out of, the, out of that peaceful state. Because now all you're doing is thinking about when's it coming and what happens when you think ahead? Anxiety. Right, exactly. Yeah, just that's the whole living in the
0: moment yeah. versus living in the future. And, you know, you make that argument that, and it's a valid argument, that anxiety is a construct of the past or the future, never the present. Right. Never the present. So you have, it's weird, but after so much time of how do I feel better, how do I feel better, when you do feel better... To see the number of people that say like, well, uh, I don't feel good about feeling better. <laughs>
1: it, it's just it's just foreign to you. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's just getting used to it. And, you know, smile about it and enjoy it. Do not go into your head. Just continue on and knock those thoughts out.
0: Yeah. I just, just had a comment in the yeah. Facebook group. So Crystal who says, that's what happened to me. Mine came back, but I didn't fall as low as I was before thanks to the tools that she was taught
1: right that's true that's been my experience I've never I had a low point about eight years ago where I was absolutely crippled yeah with everything that was going on and I have never gone back to that point but I found that I've lived my life with fear of getting back to that point that my world had gotten so small that I had stopped living because I didn't know exactly what that fear was until Sunday Sunday was a Sunday was a brutal day but it was, it was a great day right. and I could map that fear back and since then I, I, I've had this emptiness and this void and it's just something that's going to take time to get used to but at, it's, it's, it's like working out building muscles once you start yeah. to learn how to cope with your anxiety your fear whatever your issues are right. and you get stronger with it mm-hmm. you'll never go back to that point like in the summer I don't go to the gym as much yep. in the winter I go all the time yeah. I know when I go back to the gym I'm not going to just start lifting the bar I'm right. going to start with actually some weight. Like, I'm never going to go back to zero. Right, exactly. You can't go back to you zero. You can't go that's back to zero. Happen.
0: I want to address something, though, that's important. And you said when you get stronger and you learn how to deal with it. Because we just had a comment, somebody who said, mine came back tenfold. And I want to address that because this is kind of common. I see people all the time that say, well, I had these problems and they went away, but now they're back and I'm, I, I'm back to square one. A lot of times that means that you didn't actually learn how to deal with it. Like the place you're in now, you have gone into that shit and oh, yeah. through it yeah. and and felt it and experienced it. As opposed to just dancing around it and around it and around it and working out like an acceptable zone where you're not feeling it because you're just pushing it away and you're dancing around
1: it. Right. True, because if you do that, you didn't actually learn to deal with it. I didn't learn to deal with it. I just did what you did, the safe zones. I fig- I went to a couple of places where I knew I was safe and I would just continue to go to those. And right. they became a nice little small safe world for me. But I actually never dealt with the feelings. For me, I have to sit with them. When they come up and it hits me, I can't, I can't drink it away. I can't drug it away. I can't do anything to get it away or avoid it. I have to actually sit. And feel it. And when it hits me that hard, usually I'm I'm a thinker. I'll go in my head and I'll analyze and I'll try to figure out where it came from. I just sit with it and I let them take me over. And it's fear and it's terror and it's trauma that right. is coming from somewhere inside my cells. And it just kind of releases. And when I sit there and I force myself to feel how scary and how bad it had felt mm-hmm. when I was younger, now as an adult, when I feel it. It's it's away it's from my body and my brain to process it. My brain doesn't fear it as much anymore because I've just sat with it for hours. Right. And I didn't move. I didn't run. I didn't mood alter. Mm-hmm. The next time it comes, it's never, for me, it's never as strong and as powerful.
0: And because you looked it right in the eye and you did it Ooh, that right. way. as if, Now, you could have felt those feelings and, you know, had a drink or whatever, tried to run away from them. And then you're right. That's fine. But the next time it comes back... You're right back to where you were because you didn't actually deal with it.
1: And isn't that the start of every addiction? A bad feeling? your mood altered with something, and it takes it away. You have one drink, and it takes away. But after a month, then you need two drinks. Right. Then you need four. Then you need seven. That's, right. And then the next thing you know, five years have gone by, and you've had three sober days.
0: You know, the amazing thing about that is, you know, not that we necessarily talk about that specifically, but that pattern is exactly the pattern of how agoraphobia happens. So from a panic right. attack to agoraphobia is... First, I avoid the supermarket, then I avoid the mall, then I avoid the bus stop. First, I need one drink, then I need two drinks. Now you're a full-blown, you have no sober days. And the agoraphobia thing, now you have fewer and fewer places you feel safe in. Suddenly, I'm homebound. So either I'm intoxicated all the time to medicate or I'm homebound all the time to avoid the feelings. The same process happens.
1: and And the bottom line is avoidance there's, yes, that's there's exactly right. strong feelings and for me I'm, I'm a believer that you have to go back and do the original pain and feel it and that's how I feel free from it. Mm-hmm. But no matter all addiction ends in failure. like it never it never an addiction will never take you where you want to be. It'll give you temporary relief, but at some point it'll hit a wall and what it enhanced your life or made it easier at one point or what it felt like right. will end up destroying your life. Okay. You can't avoid the feelings. The only way out of this is through them. Right. That is it. But it's the hardest thing on the planet I've ever had to do. But and I think so. To get back to the original topic,
0: which is what happens when you start to feel good and you're worried that it'll come back. Is if it does come back, that's fine. If you have gone through it, and the way you know that you went through it is, were did you do things that you weren't able to previously do? So, yeah. you know, in the anxiety thing, the panic thing, the agoraphobia thing, if you were unable to go back to work and now you are back to work and you are functioning and not crippled with panic while you're at work every day and it's getting easier and easier to do, then suddenly you realize you're feeling good. You, you have gone through. Right. You were in that place that you couldn't be anymore and
1: you're doing it. So you're not, you're not just doing the avoidance dance anymore right i mean and you'll know by the feeling when you're doing something i could always tell if it's like all right i have fear of this i have anxiety about this because of how i feel inside that's that's like white knuckle in it and i'm still avoiding something because i'm not comfortable there right when i feel it flow through me effortlessly yep i know i've worked through that part
0: exactly it's just
1: it's listen to your body panic fear and trauma is stored in your body yeah. and the only way to get it out of your body is to re-feel it because all we did was push ourselves away from it and avoid it our whole life. You have to feel it. It's the only way right. to heal. Right, exactly. So that say it goes with you know, the original
0: pain work that you're talking about that comes with trauma or whether it's just pure panic or whatever it is, you have to actually learn to feel it and be okay at the end. Yes. And be okay. At the end. So let's talk about another thing. Let's see how long we've been going here. We've been going about 17 minutes, so we got time. Um, I have like 60 screens. We've got three phones recording. It's ridiculous. I feel like, like George Clooney, man. If I had it's another like phone, I would take a picture of this because <laughs> right. this looks ridiculous. Um, like you you can't even imagine the level of geekiness going I've on. I've never seen right myself now. four times in one and spot. And a bunch of different things. you got people commenting or at least watching too on your Instagram. I can't school. see. I'm like, I'm, I, I, my
1: eyes are bad.
0: But um, so I think the other thing that I want to talk about is the... I'm I'm not feeling anything. So oh, I'm not God. feeling... Wrapped up and anxious and afraid anymore. I'm not feeling anything. Why don't I feel happy? And I've had that question come up too. Like I'm not. What? Why? But shouldn't I feel happy? I'm not feeling happy. Or should I feel happy about this? That question came up today too. Like, am I allowed to feel happy about not feeling bad? Yes. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, you're allowed to feel happy but about not being. I think you know, it's better. that we
1: just identify with. Um, that's who we are. Well, at least for me, I identified with my pain, my trauma, my anxiety, my victimhood, all of that. That once you're not feeling that, it's very odd because that was my identity. That's what I that's what I attached to. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not that, who am I? What am I? Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm stepping out of one and stepping world into another. Yeah. And I'm in I'm in that transition, but that's it's breaking the identification of yourself to your anxiety, your fear, your panic, whatever it is. And what do you do then? If you you spent your whole life being that and identifying yourself as that, if it goes away, what are you? Yeah, then what do I do? (laughs) Now what do I do?
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So I think that can make it scary for sure. But that whole thing that says, well, if I don't feel this, how come I don't feel happy? And I think people lose perspective of like, you don't go through every day. Look, if you're not in the grips of this stuff, every day is not full of either abject panic, anxiety, sadness, or nirvana. Right. Like, for the most part, we just sort of live in this state of equilibrium. And then we have very happy moments, really sad moments sometimes. And I think people fall into the trap of, like, well, now since this is gone, where's the happy
1: Right. Yeah, where's the happy? They don't understand what
0: the happy is supposed to be or where it's supposed
1: to fit. It's the analogy that I was put. It's like water dripping on a rock. You know, it took years to get to the point where you're not functioning because of all the stuff you have inside you. It's going to take you years to just get all of that out and create your your new way of being. Yep. You know, but it's not, you don't want to live up here. No. You don't want to live down here. Right. You want to live right in the middle. So there's little waves, little wrinkles. It's not like a tidal wave up and down, up and down. So right. the joy and the happiness is just like I'm starting to experience and starting to feel it. And, you know, like even now I feel like I'm talking about it. Like I never smile. And now I feel like yeah. I'm yeah. starting to smile more. So I think it's just a slow process. It's not like this light bulb goes on and you go from miserable to ecstatic. you just kind of build up to that good, joyful feeling. And that's really, that's all you want. You just want to feel joy.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think when you're really looking for like, how am I supposed to feel when this is all over, you know, you sometimes you will have moments of real sadness or possibly anxiety or fear that happens. Yeah. But for the most part, you're living in that sort of equilibrium state where you're present and you're, you could be enjoying yourself And loving what you're doing and loving the people that you're around and having a good time without experiencing these feelings of just nirvana. I think people expect that to happen. Right. Like, why don't I feel this, like, amazing, happy, joyful feeling? Like, sometimes just being okay with where you are is a form of joy.
1: Well, and I think that's it. It's not like you shouldn't – I feel like you shouldn't have to think about, well, how am I supposed to feel or when is this feeling coming? It's more about – what am I feeling right now? Or and not even thinking about, it, just experiencing right, it, right. and and kind of mention to yourself, oh, I feel pretty good right now. All right, right moving on with the rest of my day. Oh right. wow, I'm feeling pretty crappy right now. All right, moving on with the rest That's of the day. Exactly right.
0: <laughs> so that scanning for like, how do I feel now? All right. If you if you find out if you wind up doing it, fine. But whatever the answer is, okay, moving on with the rest of my day. Right. So I know Amanda. I'll I'll mention because uh, Amanda had mentioned that she's stuck in the scanning mode, and I think. That is one of those things that if you're dealing with recovery, you're trying to work on it, recovery from anxiety we're talking about, the that's one of the hardest things to break. So you can do your exposures. You can go into the places you don't want to go. You can sit with the feelings. You can do all those things. But the mental part of scanning, 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 that's one of the hardest things and the last things to get past. Right. And and really the way that you do it is you just have to learn to become non-reactive to those thoughts. Just because your brain says, hey, you better check in with yourself doesn't mean you have to do it.
1: And that's hard. It's, you know, okay. stopping the obsessive thoughts is hard. When yeah. you live in panic, your brain— uh, for me, my brain just keeps going to figure out how to keep me safe and the things that I need to do to, to to feel safe. You are safe. You just don't realize you are. And your brain is the biggest part of it. Like that. Just you get the feeling, and then you go into your head. You're like, "Oh my God! Here it is. How do I stop this? How do I not feel this anymore?" you don't think about it you just feel it right let it pass through right and and move on you for me my brain is the worst part of this whole process like i have to get out of my head yep. and push it aside and sometimes for years it's been almost impossible i mean i drank forever just to shut my mind down to enjoy life for 10 minutes slowly over years i don't have to i don't have to get drunk and i don't have to you know, put my brain to sleep to shut it off. Now, I can't always do it. And I'm not good at it a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah. But you, it's, it's just training yourself. Okay, here right. come the thoughts. Let me just back out and watch what's going on from here and not yeah. really take part in the dialogue between my emotions and my brain. Right, right. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, I forget who, I, I don't know if she, I, I don't know where I've heard this. I know I've heard Monique say it, but that thing that says, you're, you're the sky, you're not the weather. Like your the weather is like your thoughts, you don't, but that's not you. The weather is just something that happens in the sky. Right. You're so, in the sky, then you're, not, you're not the weather. So the
1: cloud makes it rain. Yeah. But you're above the clouds. Right. In the a sense. is not just
0: something that's happening in you. It doesn't define you. It's not who you are. You're the sky, you're not the weather.
1: Right. But I think what happens is the as long as you've had all of this stuff, I keep saying, but you, you identify yourself as this being a part of you. Mm-hmm. For me, it was something that happened to me that caused me to live a certain way. Right. It's not who I am. And breaking that identity to a victim or panic or agoraphobic or alcoholic or whatever the label is, that's not who I am. That's just a part of my journey. And I don't have to be that today. I could choose to be a survivor instead of a victim.
0: Yes, exactly. Which makes perfect sense.
1: We do have one question. Uh, So Trini says, Joe...
0: When you did the therapy and went back to relive the pain of the trauma, did you only have to do that once or do you need <laughs> to revisit it often? Like was it a process you need to do you need to rethink or reprocess this trauma over and over?
1: So when it the first time it had happened was last August that I was on vacation and it was the person I was with told me it was four hours that I relived this experience. And when I, when I went to my therapist we had relived it with her I don't know, three, four times. And then I I think I said it last episode. I went in and I'm like, all right, I got this. I'm going back to it. I'm releasing it. This is safe now. I'm desensitized. And I'm like, all right, let's go. We're going back to that memory. And she's like, no, we're not. (laughs) Not here, we're not. Think again. So um, I had to go to it enough times where I was desensitized to it that I didn't fear going back to it. I don't do it in therapy anymore. We look for new experiences and new behaviors to change. There are times when I do feel it, and it do, does come up that I'll find, you know, a couch or a bed or just a quiet place, and I will go back and do it on my own. The first time you do it, it is—it's <laughs> like an out-of-body experience. You kind—you, I actually went back to being an eight-year-old boy and experiencing the episode as if I was. There and I never had that experience before. It was never as difficult going back each time as it was the first time. So I think it's an individual thing, but for me, it, it's it's never one and done. But the first time is always <laughs> the most painful, and the the emotional hangover that you have afterwards. That that one I had like a three and a half month emotional hangover. Ever since then, the other times that I've gone back to different uh, scenes. It has never been that long because emotionally I get stronger with each time I go back and revisit something. Right.
0: So it's not necessarily a thing that you have to keep repeating again and again and again and again. You might. You might. But, you know, it might be once, it might be three times, it might be five times. It's not...
1: There's no rule to it. It's right. all based on uh, how much you release and how much you let go when you're reliving the scene. If you're holding on and you're white-knuckling it and you don't want to, you're trying to fight it off, it's going to take you more times to go back. If you, the first time I was lucky enough to actually let go and so much had come out of me. That was, that was one of the biggest life-changing events of my life and the one I just redid, I, the one I did on Sunday for the first time. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, we had another question. Lydia, my yeah. friend Lydia from Toronto. She's awesome. Canada. Canada. <laughs> she, <laughs> she asked, what type of therapy? Now, we... I don't know, You can go into yeah, as much as... Yeah, cognitive behavioral did. therapy. Right. So, your therapist is a cognitive behavioral therapist. Mm-hmm. But... Is, so... But these experiences that you had did not happen in her office in a therapy session. Not the first so time. what was the... But but then afterwards, you did do that.
1: I did. So, after okay. the the first one in August, I you know, I found her a couple of months after and um, she was like, what brought you here? And, you know, I went right back into it again yeah. and um, we went in, I would say three more times we did it, okay. I'm guessing. It was around that and each time she kind of guided me and was just throwing things out to change my thought pattern with how I had seen it and it kind of shifted me. That, that was the shift from victim to survivor because the way she phrased it and had me phrase it to myself mm-hmm. took me out of poor me to, no, I'm empowered now. So, so it was a completely, it was, it, it, it wasn't like instant, trust no, me. It was just like, she kept hitting me over the head yes. with it yes. until and, I got you it. You had to
0: work on repeating and practicing. And so what I want to say here is because people are tired of hearing me like that <laughs> drum, But so the cognitive behavioral therapist helped you change the way you thought. Changed your thought patterns. Yes. And it actually made a difference.
1: The simplest one was, um, you know, I kind of had to withdraw from a lot of social stuff. I had a lot going on and I just need to reevaluate. And I would go in on Thursdays and she's like, how you doing? I'd be like, I'm so lonely. I'm like, this is really lonely work. And she's like, you're not lonely. I go, it feels like lonely. She goes, you're bored. Okay. And she kept saying, I kept, every time I said lonely, she said bored. I said lonely, she said bored to the point where it was just like, I started saying bored. Yeah. And in the office and then at home, you know, like I was sitting on the couch and I'm like, I'm so bored. I'm bored. I'm not lonely. I'm bored. And just that one word change, I adapted. And now if I do feel a sense of loneliness, which doesn't, it doesn't, I really almost never say that anymore. I immediately say bored. But sometimes if I'm tired or I'm cranky or I'm having a weak day, I'll slip into like, I'll start to say lonely and my brain will now say bored. And it takes that sad feeling away because there's such a difference in being lonely versus being bored.
0: There is a difference. And, you know, I just, I'm not going to lie. I feel like, you know, when your team wins, when the the Rangers win the Stanley Cup, I want to, like, wave my Rangers flag. I want to wave the behaviorist flag hard. I want to fanboy hard on behavioral therapy right now. Because, yeah, that's, I could not ask for a better testimonial for that, honestly. Like, that's incredible. And the fact that you have applied it in a trauma and past yeah you know traumatic experiencing is even more like go cognitive behaviorism. so i'm all at a team bf skinner right now
1: we're getting shirts made after this episode yeah
0: team pavlov but so and i think that that's really cool that's really cool so i don't i don't try i'm looking for any other questions we're going to hit about the 30 minute mark and we probably want to end it pretty soon but if anybody is still watching on facebook it says 17 people are um by all means, throw a comment out. Did you want to, I, want to check Instagram? I don't minute know. I'm going to
1: bring binoculars next yeah, time. That is so easy. far across so the So if room, anybody
0: has know. a question and you're still watching, uh, by all means, throw it out and we'll try and answer it. Otherwise, we're going to kind of wrap it up.
1: No, I can't see any questions. I might have scrolled off the screen. Yeah, but, pro- but there's probably. a Jet Giant cable alert that just popped up. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds important. Yes. Mo- Monica Sorry. says,
0: I love that. Yes, there's a clear difference between lonely and bored. Yes, that's true. There is. Yeah, you look ridiculous with your <laughs> I just saw half my face. Oh, my God. Can I cut that out? <laughs> Sorry, we're live. Bye from New York. <laughs> it's um, Saturday night. Anyway, so I guess we'll wrap it up then. That's right. cool. We, have, we still have no questions coming in, so that's all right. I guess if you guys, whoever's listening, thank you very well, thank much. Thank you for listening. Sure. If you're watched on Instagram or on Facebook, thank you for that and how are people going to find you
1: uh, I'm mostly on Instagram uh, at Joe Ryan or my website joeRyan.com. I have a Facebook page you can get to it from my website um, cool and that's pretty much it but Instagram is my main uh, hang
0: yeah sounds good I will link that so if you want if you're listening you're probably listening on my webpage that guy.com. I'll have links there okay cool so that sounds pretty good alright good deal man that All was right. awesome thanks Jeff. yeah we'll do it again alright you yeah. got it so let me end the recording we'll kill the uh... you got it